Okay, looks like we are all set. Hello, hello. Just making sure I am live on YouTube. Let's see. Yes, looks like I am live, live on YouTube. All right, so we are golden, everyone. So hello, hello. Welcome to September 9th, which is known and observed as World Beauty Day, where it is your time to be your own definition of beauty. And so guys, welcome to today's special episode here on the Product and Packaging Powerhouse Show. I am your host and curator, Megan Young Gamble, PMP, which is a global project management, excuse me, manager, uh, business owner here at GLC, which is a packaging and project execution consulting firm. And also, I am an everyday lover of lip gloss. Okay. And so for today's segment, we're going to be highlighting and recapping some featured news and trends that we saw during the month of August, and then also how you can be your own definition of beauty with observance of World Beauty Day. So at the time of this video, it is early. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia. I just woke up, just got my cup of coffee. So I may be sipping my cup of coffee as we're talking and going through the slide presentation. But I woke up and I was like, you know what? I just can't do makeup, but I really don't wear makeup every day. But my definition of beauty is being able to wake up, have fresh face, get my hair together. So I got a little bit of curl going on. Hope you like it. So I try some flexi rods with my locks. So, you know, I think I like it. Give it a little bit of style and flavor and personality. And so that's my way of really highlighting and being my own definition of beauty. So I rock both hoops, both statement pieces. Sometimes I may wear athleisure wear, but regardless of what it is, I make sure that I, I am intentional about showing up, being bold and being beautiful, even with just bare face. So today is just straight bare face um, look. So just, I like a nice dewy flowy look um and so i've definitely made sure that i'm being intentional about the skincare and the products that i utilize um as i'm really working on making sure that my skin is luminous and glowy okay so for today um, i am actually going to be sharing a presentation as we go through some of the featured news respectfully in packaging as well as beauty and then we'll close out so this one is really impromptu guys um in transparency, at the time of this recording, I'm really not feeling 100%, really feeling like 50%. Um, I don't know if some of you all follow me on LinkedIn, but I recently came back from an anniversary trip, celebrated my ninth anniversary with my husband, and came back to find our house flooded. And so with this, it has been a whirlwind. But a couple of things that I've learned with, <clears throat> excuse me, with um, navigating through situations that throw you curveballs is that you can always plan for the unexpected, but sometimes the unexpected just comes and you have no control over that. And so just stay diligent, do what you can. Um, sometimes it's frustrating. I want to curse, you know, because of the situation um, of getting our house, having our house flooded again and just had our house redone um, within less than a year from the first flood that happened New Year's Day, 2022, you know, um, I just realized there's things that I just can't control. You know, you can't control mother nature, especially with water. Water is going to always find a way to come in. So, you know, so with this, it's just like, you know what? 
life be lifing and we just gonna roll through it and we'll hop on here because it's world beauty day bare face even though i'm not feeling 100 it's really raw off the cuff and y'all gonna get into some of these news i'm talking about today here on the show and so i'm really honored and privileged that y'all are tuning in for this segment and make sure you do subscribe and follow to our respective platforms as well which all of those details that are down in the show notes for you to listen on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, uh, radio public or you can listen directly on our website and learn more about our services with my operations consulting firm All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so we can highlight some of these featured news, uh, respectfully for packaging, as well as the beauty industry. Let's see. All right, so we are on and you all should be able to see my screen. And guys, I'm really excited to be here with you all. Uh, I may be taking sips of water and coffee in between. So like I said, this is really raw off the cuff uh, for today's segment. But as we get into some of the actual news and everything that I want to really focus on for today, uh, with our first segment, we're going to be talking about some packaging news and trends. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this session, that this segment is really going to be highlighting featured news from the month of August. August is my favorite month of the year because it is my birthday month as well as my anniversary month. And it's, you know, also like the last official month of summer. So it's always a lot of good things happening in the month of August. So um, we're going to be recapping some news, some featured news within the month of August that you all should be aware of and how these things will transfer over into the upcoming months and years ahead. So let's go ahead and get started with our first segment. So for today, we have 50 tons of beauty packaging that has been part of the Nordstrom Beauty Cycle Program, where they have reached this recycling milestone. And so if you're not familiar with this, um, the Beauty Cycle is part of Nordstrom's Beauty Take Back and Recycling Program, where they're accepting all brands of beauty packaging and has reached a major milestone where they have collected 50 tons of beauty packaging. And that weight is equivalent to the humpback whale. Just put that in perspective. So this brings Nordstrom halfway to its goal to collect 100 tons of beauty packaging to be recycled by 2025. And as it works to help consumers move in, move towards a zero waste beauty routine. So as part of the beauty cycle program, respectfully at Nordstrom, they are asking uh, consumers to bring in empty cosmetics hair care, or skincare packaging. It does not matter what type of brand it is so they can be dropped off at their location. So some of the contents that you can actually take to Nordstrom as part of the Beauty Cycle program includes shampoo and conditioner bottles and caps, because most places don't take caps, uh, hair gel tubes and caps, hairspray bottles and triggers, uh, hair paste plastic jars and caps, lip balm tubes, That's a big one because a lot of times lip balms do not get back into the recycling program, face soap dispensers, and tubes. And so with this partnership, respectfully at Nordstrom Beauty Cycle, um, TerraCycle partnered with Nordstrom back in October 1st, 2020. And they have really been encouraging brands to bring any brand of beauty packaging back to the beauty department. And so I want to give you an antidote respectfully from TerraCycle, which is TerraCycle's mission has always been to eliminate the idea of waste, and we've proven that solutions do exist for items that may seem difficult to recycle. And this comes directly from the CEO of TerraCycle. So guys, if you have any type of um, empty cosmetic, beauty packaging, hair care packaging, et cetera, that you have been thrown away in the trash, keep them. 
put them in a bag, a reusable bag, and take them to Nordstrom because they are accepting all of these packaging items. It does not matter which brand it is. So if you receive things from Ulta, Sephora, um, the Body Shop, which all of those do have uh, re- good recycling programs too, it does not matter what brand it is. It can even be Suave, Pantene, or whatever is your favorite shampoo or beauty product. Collect all of those empty packaging items, take them to your nearest Nordstrom so they can be um, go into the Beauty Cycle program and help Nordstrom with reaching their upcoming milestone, which is, uh, excuse me, their goal, which is to receive 100 tons of empty packaging by 2025. So they're almost halfway there. So um, big ups to Nordstrom and the Beauty Cycle program. I'm going to be doing this myself to make sure that I'm contributing back into this and helping to support their goal as well. So um, as we're now going to shift gears to another um, topic, which I always say packaging is the first impression of your brand, right? And a lot of times what makes it be the first impression of a brand is the design. And so guys, for our next segment, we're going to be talking about stacking peas of design. And so you may be asking, what is the stacking peas of design? And what are you talking about? Well, as I just mentioned, packaging is the first impression and all of the aesthetics and the colors and the placement and the fonts, all of those things drives a consumer to get it enticed, to pick up the product, to then have the information that is on the packaging to be read for the consumer to know how it's going to be beneficial for them, um, what is going to be the outcome of utilizing this product, the ingredients. That's a big thing right now, which we'll talk about here shortly. And so all of those things really um, plays a part into the consumer's Uh, buying and decision-making. And so with the three Ps of packaging, we're going to highlight what these three Ps mean. And so the first P means pretty. I already kind of mentioned this uh, right at the beginning of this segment. And so with the the first P of pretty, beauty brands are treating their bottles, boxes, and outer packaging as integral to their product experiences. Remember, that is the first impression of a brand, right? And so now with refills coming into play as part of the refillution, which I've talked about on some prior segments, um, refills are now offering sophisticated options with keepsake jars being elevated to art status and in turn helping to accelerate the luxury packaging market, which is expected to reach $18 billion, $18 billion, y'all hear that, right? By 2033. And so guys, really being intentional about the type of packaging that you're that you're utilizing for the product. And you always also want to make sure that it is functional um, as well, but the aesthetics of it and how to really make it elevated and have it be part of the keepsake and the unboxing experience is really vital. And the luxury packaging, as I just mentioned, is expected to reach 18 billion, would it be by 2033? So now the second P of packaging design is personal. And so encouraged by growing conversations about accessible design, brands are considering how their packaging may be prohibitive or tricky to handle, which changes can be can make a big difference. So let me say this. If you're not familiar with um, the four functions of packaging, one of those functions is functionality. Um, and so with this, you really want to make sure that what you're creating is going to be functional and easy to use for the consumer. So what I mean by this is if you're creating a shampoo and a conditioner, you may opt to put it inside of a jar. And sometimes brands right now are looking to utilize sustainable packaging, which is in some cases glass. And so with this, if you're thinking about putting just say a conditioner, we'll just use that conditioner in a glass jar, that's not really functional because if you're telling people to utilize the conditioner after they shampoo and leave the conditioner in your hair for approximately three to five minutes, 
they're doing that while they're in the shower. And so glass packaging is not functional in that regard because one is glass is prone to breakage, breakage, excuse me, with it being placed in the shower or next to the tub. Secondly, when you're thinking about accessibility is getting the product out of a jar when it's a quick um, leave-on treatment that has to be rinsed off, that, is that really functional? Versus putting it in a bottle or having a bottle with a pump or something of that sort or utilizing plastic and or aluminum. So guys, functionality of the packaging really drives the consumer and makes it a very personal experience and it's functional, right? So you always want to make sure that you're really thinking about those elements as well. And then also as part of the personal elements, there is one UK brand that's called Tropic Skincare, where they actually did something very um, accessible provide an accessible way for dyslexic and neurodivergent consumers to actually read the copy with their new typeface. And so I think this is something really profound because they're really thinking about accessibility and personality and being personable to the respective consumers from different angles as well, because now they're looking at, okay, what is a problem that we're seeing with our consumers? How can we fix the problem to be um, a little bit more accessible with the copy, um, the information and everything, especially for a certain demographic? And so I really, I'm gonna be looking at Tropic Skincare myself to see how their typeface um, varies from other, um, other brands that are in the market. So I think this is something really profound and something different as well from a personal standpoint to make sure that you're being inclusive and accessible as part of that personal P, a part of the design. And then third um, P for packaging design is purposeful. So brands are using their packaging to deliver helpful information and handy reminders from encouraging more sustainable choices to starting social media conversations. And so with this, in the U.S., 46% of female shoppers look for specific labeling on beauty products that indicate whether their packaging is made using sustainable and or eco-friendly methods. And so, guys, if you're not starting to, especially as a brand, if you're not starting to utilize um, smart labeling, um, incorporating more information on your labels to actually help with the help with conveying the information and get them get your consumers um, in tune with the products and how they can learn more about it, especially with this big trend in conversation on sustainability, then incorporating QR codes. That's something so simple. And QR codes is like, is the norm now, you know, as a result from the pandemic. And so guys, really highlighting different ways that you can highlight what your sustainability model is from your operations to manufacturing, to the ingredients, to the packaging, to the shipping. Guys, it's a whole strategy on there. And so making sure that you're do, that you are sharing those things and also funneling them over into possibly how you have um, your recommended routine or regimen for utilizing the products to how this can be layered or paired with other products in the market um, as part of the regimen to how to travel with the products. There's so many different ways to have that conversation and in incorporating the sustainable practices and methods on within your packaging design and your products. So guys, I just highlighted the three P's of design, which we said was first is pretty, second is personal, and third is purposeful. Okay, so I hope that helps and make sure you do start to assess your packaging and see how you can incorporate these elements into your packaging design. And so now since we're talking about a lot of technology and really being intentional about the information that you put on your packaging and the type of packaging that you're starting to acquire as well, let's talk about the world of AI in packaging. 
So guys, we all know that the world of the world of AI is here. Some of us have, you know, different opinions about AI. Some think it's good. Some think it's not so good. Kind of in the middle, to be honest. Uh, I think a AI is definitely here to help with, um, help us become more efficient and productive, you know, and more so like a research tool, in my opinion. Some people think that AI is just going to take over the human population with, you know, um, the ways we work, um, eliminating jobs. I know that's a big conversation within project management, which is my number one love in my practice. Um, you know, so there's a lot of conversations around the utilization of AI. But now we're starting to see how AI is starting to be incorporated, not only with beauty products, with virtual try-ons and such, but we're now starting to see this within the packaging world. And so according to the Future Market Insights, the use of artificial intelligence in the packaging market is projected to reach $2.08 million in this year, 2023, and is expected to reach $6 million by 2033. And also with the sales of AI in packaging, it is forecasted to have a CRGR, CAGR of 11% during the forecast period. And so with the Future Market Insights, they add that the demand for smart and sustainable packaging has created these opportunities for AI-driven innovations, such as active monitoring systems, temperature-sensitive labels, and interactive packaging experiences, enhancing product safety and consumer engagement. So guys, that's why I'm like, I'm in the, I'm in the middle because... I can definitely see the benefits of utilizing AI to help with innovations, you know, helping from a research standpoint for quicker outputs. Um, however, you know, sometimes it's like, well, is AI here to stay, take over? And it's kind of like the movie with, um, um, there was a movie that Will Smith was in where the robots came in and they were powered by AI. Um, it wasn't Enemy of the State. Can't remember the can't remember the name of it. If y'all know, put it in the comments um, if you know what I'm talking about. But with this, you know, it is here to stay. Um, I think it can be beneficial, but I think it should not be something that we um, replace with, you know, with humans in the way we work. But it's here to complement humans to help with research data um, and help with making more informed decision making. That's just my opinion. So, you know, I would definitely love to know what you all think about this as well. So let me take a sip of water and we'll get into our next segment. All right. So as we're talking about um, different trends and insights that we're seeing within the packaging industry, I want to talk about how Barbie Pink is now inspiring new brands. And so a lot of us here in 2023 saw that the iconic Barbie movie came out, which I love. I saw it for my birthday and it was phenomenal. I'm actually going to go watch it again because it was so many different lessons in there. And even though they say it's really designed for a younger audience, I think it's really a, that Barbie movie is really suitable for all ages, especially those who are millennial age like myself, because we grew up with Barbies. I had my first um, power wheel was um, a Barbie pink convertible. So I had the Barbie pink dream house. I had the Barbie collections. I had limited edition Barbies. And so now to see that the movie came out is very nostalgic and I can't wait to go back and see it, to be honest. But okay, anyways, going back in reference of the Barbie pink in reference of the actual packaging and its iconic color, it started to inspire other brands with the utilization of pink. And so let's talk about it really quick. So as we know, we've all seen the iconic Barbie packaging in its iconic pink 
Barbie color. And so with this, it has been a staple from the packaging to the dream house to even cosmetics that have come out from, a, from various brands. And so with the Barbie pink, it has started to saturate popular culture since the recent release of the movie Barbie here in 2023. And now other brands are starting to move to pink packaging and branding as well. And so to give you some insight from the VP of Digital and Design Services at Vistaprint, he mentions that, quote, while Barbie core is at the forefront of our cultural consciousness right now, in reality, the trend towards pink in branding has much greater depth. Its prevalence has surged in recent months, but it would be remiss to ignore the evolution from this once ubiquitous millennial pink. And so now we're starting to see more brands like Dr. Hobbs and other respective brands start to become part of this generational shift, where alongside of the Barbie core iconic pink, pink is now becoming more of a central place in one of the year's biggest color trends. So I'll be curious to see what Pantone's color is going to be within the upcoming years, too. Um, and so with this, brands are leveraging the sharp, saturated, acidic shades um, notated from the actual iconic Barbie shades to really be able to connect with particularly a Gen Z audience. And so I think this is something really interesting because we're starting to see how a lot more brands are starting to see what's working in the market, how it's resonating with the consumer and the different audiences, and how they can take those lessons and incorporate it into their strategy as well to connect with their target audience. So I think it's something really interesting that we're starting to see. And I think we're going to start seeing more brands um, come about from not only the Barbie pink, but like the Tiffany blue colors to um, to all different iconic colors that are out here as well from these notorious brands. And so I think it's something really interesting and I can't wait to see what else is going to be coming down the pipeline as well and see the other generational shifts we'll see from other colors as well. And so now, guys, we're going to, since I kind of gave you a little bit of insight from the beauty perspective, let's go ahead and talk about some beauty trends and news. And so let's go ahead and get into this, which the first thing is we have a new global brand press at NYX, which is Miss Danae Pearson. And so Mr. Nate Pearson is now going to be the global brand president effective September 1st, 2023. And Pearson joins um, Jan Jafardo, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing that, who has served as the global brand president since 2018. With Ms. Pearson's um, 20 years of experience in the beauty industry, she will be responsible for driving NYX professional makeups, global business growth with this professional grade products at accessible price points while continuing to evolve the brand into entertainment brand with digital first innovations. She also is a strong advocate for diversity and inclusion and has played a role in repositioning NYX professional makeup to further embrace community, inclusivity, and authenticity at the core of all products and campaigns. And so NYX is actually one of my favorite brands. I love their butter gloss. I love their butter gloss. Okay. So I'm really um, interested to see how this, how her role and also how she continues to embrace the diversity and inclusion and also keeping, you know, keeping the core values of NYX at the forefront with driving the brand's global business growth. So congratulations to Ms. Danae Pearson on her new role as the global brand president at NYX. And so now, guys, let me just give you some insight from Sirkana, which uh, Sirkana, which is an actual 
um, research research firm that really highlights what are the trends we're seeing within the actual industries. And for this respective segment for beauty, we have $14 billion that has reached for the U.S. prestige beauty category with the period ending in June 30th, 2023. And so let's highlight some of the actual breakdown of the growth that we see. So first, within makeup, makeup is the fastest growing prestige category driven by lip. Remember I said lip gloss is my favorite category? And of course, the lipstick. And so the category for prestige makeup has grown respectfully for the lip category by 18%. Next, fragrance gift sets grew by two times their normal rate in the prestige category. Hair products sales grew in the prestige category, growing three times overall the industry. And with the pair products, respectfully, styling is becoming the fastest growing segment in prestige beauty, in the prestige hair, um, hair sector. And so for an antidote from Ms. Larissa Jensen is, quote, beauty continued to be the darling of retail through the first half of 2023, maintaining its position as the only growing industry based on units sold across the general merchandise and consumer packaged goods we track. Industry is hitting the right notes and meeting consumers' emotional needs through an existing product in which, especially welcome at a time where spending power continues to be squeezed. And this came from Ms. Larissa Jensen, who is the beauty industry advisor at Sircano. And so guys, if you ever wanna know more insights and see the data from these respective industries, I always recommend to subscribe to Sircana's um, newsletter. They have phenomenal news. And we also highlight these trends and data on our newsletters here at GLC and the Product and Packaging Powerhouse Show as well. And so let's go ahead. Since we talk a little bit about hair care and the prestige beauty we're seeing and some of the actual stats just from June 30th, 2023, I wanna talk about the need for training in the textured hair care segment. And so there is a recent petition out where more training is needed for textured hair. And this came about from the Textured Education Collective, also known as TEC, which is an alliance of professional hair industry leaders working through to influence cosmetology state board licensing requirements and curriculums and has announced a new bill expected to pass in New Jersey. With the TEC being led um, and really formed by the Professional Beauty Association, where some of the founding partners are Avita, Diva Curl, L'Oreal USA Professional Products, and supporting partners including Bumble and Bumble, Living Proof, Paul Mitchell, and others. And so the bill that they actually have passed um, which I'll include down in the show notes for you all, really is promoting inclusivity of professional beauty by requiring cosmetologists, hairstylists, beauticians, barbers, and hair braiders to complete training on textured hair. And so as some of the facts that you see displayed on the screen, 75% of stylists want more training to style textured and coily hair. 66% um, of high fashion models have had to work with the hairstylist that is unexperienced with their hair texture. 65% of the world's consumer population have textured hair, which is equivalent to 1 billion people. And so guys, um, I'll definitely put in the show notes the link for you to go and sign this petition to help support the Textured Education Collective. Because let me just say, I went to the beauty schools um, to get my hair done from a young girl, even to an adult. 
And with this, a lot of times we would go into these um, cosmetology schools because one, it of course would be more cost effective, but then two, it was a way to stretch, you know, your funds too. And three, they do, they're about to come into the market anyway, you know? So we've all been novices that had to start somewhere um, before we became a master, right? And so even thinking about my own experience going to, you know, cosmetology schools to get my hair done, even from a young girl from when I um, had natural hair, my hair would get pressed to a relaxer to back to a natural with a loose fro. And now I have locks. So I've been through an evolution with my own hair and in the cosmetology schools, they do not know, I'm not gonna say all of them, but some cases, especially when I was younger, they did not know how to work with our hair types. The only way that they would be able to work with our hair types was just to straighten it. And it was not a, it was not straightened at all. Um, so we had to go to grandmom and them to actually get the pressing comb and the Marcells, those who are, y'all know about this, okay, um, where we had to have the pressing comb that you would put on the stove and the Marcells to actually make sure that they were actually getting our um, kinky, coily hair to become straight um, as much as possible with the effect of technique and practices. So I think this is something really profound and something that is much needed because a lot more people are starting to, you know, really embrace their textured hair types and want to style their textured hair in multiple ways, whether it's straightened, whether it's curly, whether it's kinky coily, whether it's braided, whether it's transitioned to locks like myself, whatever it is, I think this is something that is needed and should be required as part of the curriculum. And so guys, um, make sure you go and follow and sign, look at the bill and sign the petition to help support this mission because it is much needed. And so guys, for our last um, segment for today, we are now at the countdown to MOKRA and this TikTok MOKRA is here. So if you're not familiar with the acronym MOKRA, this is the Modernization for Cosmetic Regulation Act. And we are officially on the countdown. So back in 2022, um, the MOKRA was put into place um, to really help with expanding FDA's authority to regulate cosmetics since the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act was passed in 1938. And so with this new law, this will help ensure the safety of cosmetic products many consumers use daily. Now, this MOKRA bill is 1,653 pages, okay? It's a very extensive bill. And with those bills, it's 14 pages just on cosmetics alone. And so I'm not going to get into all the details because I think you should definitely go and tap into some of the resources and webinars and regulatory agencies that are really talking about the importance of it and getting really um, into the intricacies of this. But I want to just highlight a couple of these things that you should you all should be expecting as part of MOCRA. So first thing is facility registration by twenty by excuse me December twenty ninth twenty twenty three. So if you do not manufacture your products, you need to ensure that your manufacturer does and they start to keep and retain their registration numbers on file. Second thing, product labeling. This is a big thing. Remember, that's how consumers know about the information, the product, the ingredients, et cetera. So product labels must be updated to include fragrance allergens, okay? So those are just two of the many things that should, that's going to affect as part of MOGRA. And so for you all to learn more about this, here is what I recommend. First thing, I recommend that you do attend Independent Beauty Association's MOGRA webinar that is going to be conducted on September 21st. I will put all the links down in the show notes for you all. Second thing, 
I recommend that you actually go and subscribe to the newsletters from my regulatory specialist, which is Steinberg and Associates, and or check with your um, direct regulatory agencies as well. So you will have the opportunity to subscribe to Steinberg and Associates newsletter with the links that are down below as well. And make sure you do tap into your regulatory specialist as well. If you're already starting to work with a contract manufacturer, start to ask them questions and get insight from them in advance to see what they're working on, what they're doing. That's part of this new MOCRA um, bill that actually is going into effect at the end of this year. The portal opens up in October, 2023. So start having these conversations, really start to be intentional about the products you're utilizing, start looking at the fragrances, the allergens, your product labeling, and more to make sure that you're starting to be compliant and your manufacturers are compliant for this MOCRA that's coming down the pipeline. And so guys, that is our time for today. And as we're wrapping up, I just want to make sure that y'all know today is World Beauty Day, um, which is an international observance day of beauty that is conducted every year on September 9th. And so to close out, I want to make sure that you understand how this came about. And so World Beauty Day came to be an initiative of the International Committee of Aesthetics and Cosmetics in 1995. And so, as I mentioned, this day falls every year on September 9th, and is an opportunity to meditate on what beauty means to us and our society. And so, as I always proclaim, be your own definition of beauty. Wear the hair, wear your hair the way you want to, dress the way you want to, wear bow nails, whatever that is that makes you feel beautiful and is your definition of beauty. But don't be afraid to experiment with makeup, beauty products, or a new skincare regimen, just like I am. And so remember, beauty is a reflection of who you are, and that's what makes you truly unique and special. And so guys, as we have reached our time for today, I'm so excited and honored that you have joined me to listen to today's segment here on the Product and Packaging Powerhouse Show. I am your host and curator, Megan Young-Gamble, and make sure you do follow, subscribe to our platforms here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and make sure you connect with me directly on LinkedIn as well. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in for today. And I look forward to seeing you all on the next live segment right here on the Product and Packaging Powerhouse. So y'all have a good one and be your own definition of beauty.